Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, April 18th, 2017, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. Mercury is retrograde now until May the 3rd, so you might want to do an Internet search or look on our site on the headline news page to learn what you should or shouldn't do during this time. We have two wonderful guests for you this evening, Bill and Catherine Rosek. Bill is an 86-year-old metaphysician, a psychic channel author who has been on the spiritual path back to conscious oneness with God for 48 years. Tutored by the archangels and ascended masters, Bill has constant access to two-way communication through his own God within and from all the divine beings of light in the hierarchy of God who are assisting humankind in this golden age return to conscious oneness. His wife, Catherine, is a gifted clairvoyant psychic, certified spiritual counselor, sixth dimension practitioner healer, ascension path mentor, teacher, practicing professionally since 1989. In a co-creative effort with Spirit, her readings constitute a portion of the source material for the award-winning book, Who Am I and Why Am I Here? The Universal Spiritual View of the Meaning and Purpose of Our Human Life on Earth. Bill and Catherine's life work is assisting others to awaken to their own inner guidance and their higher self, soul, and God within. The readings journalings in this book were channeled over 12 years of seeking personal and universal spiritual guidance from the archangels and ascended masters, whose mission is to assist humankind's evolution into a new age of peace, harmony, love, and attunement. Their website is universalspiritualview.com. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to Starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. And we would like to thank Jada for hosting the switchboard tonight for anyone who has a question or comment for our guests. You check out our online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com and it's a safe place to connect with other Starseeds thanks to Tammy's dedication and help with our forum. You can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk and listen to them anytime you want. If you'd like to show your support of our program, please click follow on our page here and you'll get our weekly show notice. The toll-free number for StarseedHotline.com is 888-881-0881. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings in your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. For those who need healing of any kind for yourself or your pets, Tammy's powerful remote sessions will make a difference. If you have a birthday coming up, don't miss out on your 10 hours of power. Find out when it happens by requesting your solar return timing. And please remember, if you want an interpretation of that chart, you'll need to order it two or three months ahead of time to make sure you get it in before your 10 hours because we do have a waiting list. So first this evening, I would like to introduce 
Anastasia with her ever-popular Starseed News. Well, good evening, Arielle. Good evening, Starseed listeners. It's great to be back with you. Starting to turn springtime, all the leaves are coming out and the tulips are blooming. It's lovely. Well, on tonight's news, we need to talk about the sun. We do have a solar wind stream that's approaching. They say that the density and temperature of plasma around Earth is increasing today as a high-speed solar wind stream approaches our planet. NOAA forecasters estimate a 55% chance of polar geomagnetic storms when that wind arrives. I don't know how many of you may have noticed, but the sun has been particularly intense the last few days, just really intense. And old sunspot 2644, which produced a number of strong M-class flares and shortwave radio blackouts early this month, is about to return to the Earth's side of the sun. So... We'll see how that goes, but I wonder if anybody else has noticed how intense the sun is for this early in the year, not even summer yet. Well, there's an asteroid as big as the Rock of Gibraltar to streak past uh, Earth on, actually, tomorrow. This is the 18th. It's supposed to happen on April 19th. They say that this asteroid is as big as the Rock of Gibraltar. It will come by at a safe but comfortably uncomfortably close distance, according to astronomers. They say that although there is no possibility for the asteroid to collide with our planet, this will be a very close approach for an asteroid of this size, NASA issued in a statement. Well, this asteroid is dubbed 2014 J025, and it's roughly 2,000 feet across. The asteroid will come within 1.1 million miles of Earth, less than five times the distance to the moon. Pass closest to the planet after having looped around the sun, will then continue to pass Jupiter before heading back toward the center of our solar system. Now, when I read this article, and this has been all over the news, maybe you even heard it on mainstream news, um, this has just been everywhere, but, you know, lots of times I've reported asteroids coming at half a distance of the moon. We had one just recently. Anyway, I'm assuming that they're making a fuss about this one because of its size. Anyway, it's supposed to skip right on by and not give us a bother, but there it is. I've had an awful lot of close flybys lately. Well, Chile is on alert after being struck by a 6.2 magnitude quake. It struck close to the border with Argentina, according to the USGS. Tremor had a a preliminary magnitude of 6.2, and as far as I know, it stayed there. They didn't adjust it, and there have been no reports of injuries. And on Manham Island in Papua New Guinea, a volcano is erupting. It erupted Sunday evening. It forced many people to run for safety. People uh, reported seeing flames coming out of both volcano craters in the evening when they sat down to dinner at around 7 o'clock. More blasts came during the night and continued through yesterday. And in Mount Etna in Italy, we're starting a new eruptive phase. As I mentioned before, that started last week. Vents on the southeast crater complex are feeding a new lava flow that's have started to descend down the slopes. So from fire to ice, Sweden had a white Easter. Now, you know, I had to pause when I saw that, uh, incidentally, because I never really thought of Sweden as having much of an Easter. I would think it would be cold there for a long time, but no, apparently not, because right now Sweden is having snow and record low temperatures. 
Uh, they said that there are three weather records that were broken on Easter Sunday, as some towns experienced their chilliest April night in many decades. And in southern Sweden, mercury dropped to negative 14 centigrade, making it the coldest April since 1944. And actually, there have been a number of uh, cold weather records set in certain parts of the planet at this time of the year. So we're having some wild record-setting temperatures and weather anomalies for sure. And almost 500 icebergs have drifted into North Atlantic shipping lanes over the last week, six times the average, 500 icebergs. Now, this is where they send ships, uh, boats to do shipping. These are shipping lanes. And um, it's not because, they say, of global warming melting, but a different set of factors, including stratospheric circulation changes, Arctic vortices directly over the Arctic Circle, wind pattern shifts, and ocean temperatures dropping. This, of course, is not the popular opinion, but this is according to some experts or some people who say they know what's going on, and I'm reporting it to you. Some people say we're repeating a 100-year cycle in the Atlantic based purely on the sun's activity, not carbon dioxide, which in turn is a part of a larger 400-year grand solar minimum cycle. So there you have it, a differing point of view. 500 icebergs, that's a lot. And in Tennessee, they have had a fish kill in one community lake. That's raising questions about the safety of the water and leaving many residents very concerned. Hundreds of dead uh, fish swamped the shores of one neighborhood link, uh, lake. Excuse me. They said the stench could be smelled for a long ways away, and residents are really worried that there's something wrong with their water. But there's been no report uh, anywhere that I can find that is accounting uh, for what has happened to those fish. All kinds of fish in the lake uh, floated to the top. I'm very sad. Well, this article caught my attention because I often talk about bees. I report about bees. You know, bees are endangered. And here's a, a news story out of Austria that um, really made me scratch my head. Over 1 million bees worth 15,000 euros were stolen in a town called I. Let's see if I can say this. Yike, yike, I can't say it. Ibrixdorf, Austria. I think that'll do. Anyway, a little town in Austria. They don't know who the thieves are, but they sure did. They sold over a million bees. That is quite a project. Just imagine that. Um, the owner of the bees, the beekeeper, said that it would have taken them hours and hours to gather up all those hives. Um, they've offered information to for um, offered money for information regarding this heist. And they said that uh, they've disappeared without a trace. They thought it was a professional operation, that people knew what they were doing and they knew what they were after, which just makes me wonder, just makes me wonder. You know, sometimes if we pause and think, hmm, could this have anything to do with the fact that maybe bees are becoming very scarce? Don't know. But there it is. Well, you've all heard about the United Airlines fallout and the poor man that was dragged off the plane. Well, Delta Airlines is now going to offer uh, passengers up to $10,000 to give up their seats on an overbooked flight in the future as the airline industry reacts amid the public outcry against United Airlines for violently removing a passenger from an over-allocated flight. 
United Airlines is currently experiencing a public relations disaster following that viral video that showed the passenger being violently removed from one of its flights and is beginning to review its own procedures with an announcement of proposed changes expected before April 30th, offering up to Delta, offering up to $10,000 to vacate your seat. Well, this is an interesting sort of, uh, I don't know, another scratch-your-head article, maybe. doesn't surprise some of us. It comes from Echo Watch off the Internet. Are mercury in vaccines safe? Mm. Well, the, the, the Center for Disease Control Research debunks that agency's assertion. Uh, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration once again has advised pregnant women to curb consumption of fish, like tuna and other kinds of ocean fish, in order to limit fetal exposures to neurotoxic mercury. Now, this warning raises the baffling question. How can the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention justify its recommendations that pregnant women get flu shots, which are laden with far more mercury than what's found in a can of tuna? Well, the CDC has long answered that question with the controversial claim that ethyl mercury in vaccines is not toxic to humans. But now, two CDC scientists have published research decisively debunking that assertion. As it turns out, there is no good mercury, and all forms are equally poisonous to the brain. A little bit of rebellion within the ranks. Yeah. Some truth tellers have come out. But it is very interesting, you know. They can tell women not to eat fish, but they want them to take vaccines. Mm. Pregnant women. Well, you all remember the housing bubble? Wasn't that too terribly long ago? Well, um, this article came off the Internet, and it says that the car loan bubble is on the way. Car loan bubble? Well, according to this article, that after a decade of being able to borrow money for next to nothing, interest rates are finally beginning to creep higher. In fact, they have raised the Federal Reserve rate just recently. Well, even the small increases seen so far uh, have caused problems in the previously booming auto industry. And actually, when I read this article, I realized just how many new cars I see around in the city where I live. A lot of people are buying new cars. Well... This article explains why, perhaps. They, they say that the size of the auto loan market has ballooned to a historic $1.1 trillion. And here's the thing. Subprime lending has once again become the norm. Subprime, remember that? Mm-hmm. Well, they, they're issuing these teaser offers that allow people to get cars with zero money down and 84-month financing. And this article says it's fueled a wave of spending and new car buying. Well, the data released so far in 2017 has started to raise questions about how much longer people's spending habits can last. There has been a significant drop in new car sales and sharp increase in the delinquency rates of subprime borrowers. And inventories across the country are started to build up. And if things don't turn around soon, the excess cars sitting on lots will eventually force prices lower. Now, according to analysts at Morgan Stanley, price declines will also impact the used car market, and some predictions are calling for up to 50% decline by 2021. Well, we'll see. This is just an article. But it goes on to say that millions of borrowers who have bought cars on credit should see the value, could see the value of their vehicles plummet. Uh, 
and might have to sell to pay off their full uh, loan amount, uh, excuse me, that even if they sell, it will not pay off their full loan amount. Just as houses were underwater, this article is going on to say that car loans can be underwater. So they say that, uh, hmm, so if you're thinking about buying a new car and you haven't done it yet, well, maybe you ought to look this up. This article comes from a website called Anti-Media, the car loan bubble. Well, here is an... <laughs> I talk about stuff like this all the time, but here's another one. Scientists have developed a device that can read minds by detecting people's brain waves. Now, we've talked about this on the show before. We've talked about their research and experiments and so on, but this is something different. A device that can read people's minds by detecting their brainwaves have been developed in a breakthrough that could eventually enable people with locked-in syndrome to communicate. There they go, folks. They're claiming this is going to be a cure for a disability. Well, the system was only partially effective with a 30, with a 90, excuse me, 90% success rate when trying to recognize numbers from 0 to 9 and a 61% rate for single syllables in Japanese, according to the researchers. But nonetheless, a statement about the research issued by this University of Technology in Japan said that it showed that an effective device to read people's thoughts and relay them to others was possible in the near future. An effective device to read people's thoughts and relay them to others was possible in the near future. They even suggested an easily operated device with a smartphone app that could be ready in just about five years. So much for privacy. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's long gone, folks, long gone. Well, here's a wonderful article in the last one of tonight. Gordon Cooper... Gordon Cooper, the astronaut, found sunken treasure from space and kept it secret until his deathbed, according to an Internet article. Original Mercury 7 astronaut Gordon Cooper was supposed to be looking for nuclear launch sites on his record-breaking Faith 7 flight in 1963. Well, he did his duty over the course of those 22 revolutions around the Earth, clicking away on a camera that kept getting... Uh, that kept getting loose in zero gravity. He was barely able to move himself for 34 hours. So he was in a very small capsule. It was difficult to photograph, but he did it. And uh, in the process of doing his normal photographing for the government, he also kept getting anomalous readings from his equipment that that was pinging him for objects that were definitely not nuclear sites. The keen-eyed astronaut couldn't help but put two and two together, metallic hunks beneath the sea, along the same routes used by Spanish traders. It had to be sunken treasure. Well, astronaut Cooper splashed down into the Pacific after that record-breaking flight, but he never told anyone. He didn't tell NASA. He didn't tell the Defense Department. He didn't tell anyone about what he'd seen. But he did take notes, scribble down, and uh, kept his secret for 40 years. Well, just before his deathbed in 2004, he shared his little secret with a professional treasure hunter called Daryl, excuse me, Daryl Miklos. Well, now the two had struck up a friendship years before hunting for treasure, uh, treasure-laden wrecks in various oceans. And this man, this treasure hunter, has a long history in the field. He and his family would hunt for debris from the space shuttle solid rocket roosters, and they were explorers, both of them, the astronaut and the treasure hunter. 
So this uh, treasure hunter hooked up with uh, independent reality TV productions studio Ample, which along with Steven Spielberg's Amblin Television, and has chronicled this journey for the aforementioned TV series for Discovery called Cooper's Treasure, which is going to premiere tonight. The aim of the show is to connect several different generations of explorers from colonial times to the present day. Producers don't have any affiliation with NASA, but the show serves as a reminder of what can be done with space exploration. And uh, so we'll see. We'll see if there's any treasure there, as Cooper documented uh, with his, um, or I guess suspected, with his instruments. Wouldn't that be something? Kept that secret for 40 years. How many of you would keep that secret? How many of you would want to put together an expedition and go find out what what that was? But he didn't, and he passed the information on to somebody else. So they're going to make a TV program about that, and it's supposed to air tonight, and that's about all I can tell you, except that it's uh, on Discovery. All right. Cool. We have a quote for the week. Martin Luther King said, A nation that continues year after year to spend more money on military defense than on programs of social uplift is approaching spiritual doom. Mm. Pretty obvious, isn't it? Yeah. There it is. There it is. Well, Starseed, you are beautiful. You are the light of this world, and there's no spiritual doom in our circle. (laughs) I send you much love from my heart to yours. Have a beautiful week with the budding of the leaves and the flowers and the coming of spring. It's a time to plan, uh, hope, and dream, and build your spirituality, and be uplifted, and pass your light along, as I know you each and every one do. So thank you for this opportunity to bring you the news, and I'm going to give it back to you, Ariel, for our wonderful guest tonight, and I'll be with you again next week. Great. Thanks so much, Anastasia. You do a wonderful job. And, you know, I get a lot of compliments of people that just love the news, so even if they don't oh, email you and tell you so, I am telling you so. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're I appreciate so it, all of you. Okay. Yeah. See you next and week. And we do appreciate you. Okay. <laughs> so... Um, Let's see, right now I am going to um, going to get Lavendar's mic open. Um, boy, the switchboard is really full. Lavendar, I know you're here. I saw you just a minute ago. There you are. <laughs> okay. And um, I'll get Bill and Catherine's mic open. Okay. All right. Lavendar, are you there? I'm here. Okay. And Bill and Catherine, welcome so to the show. We're so glad that you're here. Thank you. We're delighted to be with you. Yep. Okay. Well, wonderful. Uh, Lavendar is going to lead off, and then um, and we will um, pick up later with maybe questions if you're willing to ask, uh, answer some questions after your interview. That's perfectly fine. I would like to let you know, though, that we our line was dropped during the news, so um, we had to call back in, and we did get back in, but I just wanted to let you know if something happens that that's probably what it would be. Oh, okay. Well, <clears throat> Mercury is retrograde, so I know <laughs> we just yeah chalk it up, chalk it up to that. And I'm so glad that you were able to get right back in. So, oh, me too. Um, thank you, thank you for letting us know. So, Lavendar, take it away. Well, Bill and and Kathy, I'm so excited to have you on our show, and um, I know that you've been in this metaphysical world for a very long time, like me, and that you have really gone the extra mile to bring forth a wonderful book, and it looks like that it was published in 2001, but it is so relevant today. It is, it is a wonderful book, and I'd like to start by um, talking to Bill first. 
So, Bill, Absolutely. your book has so much in it. So what is it that you would like to tell our audience today about the, the book and how you brought it together with Kathy? Well, let me think a minute. <laughs> we we had our own personal interest in following the spiritual path toward ascension. And when Catherine learned that she could channel higher guides, angels, and then ascended masters, and then archangels, I just thought that was about the most marvelous thing that anyone could could have, is that ability to ask questions and get divine answers. Um, and so... It was our personal interest in the spiritual path that led to the questions, and then some of the answers from above were, were, um, well, they led to the possibility for ascension while still having a body here on earth. And from that point on, all of my questions through Catherine and then through my own intuition and my own intuitive guidance led to putting the whole picture together, the universal spiritual picture of the meaning and purpose of our our human life here on earth. Which so let seems, me ask you, Bill, how many years did it take to finalize this book? How many years did well, this family take place? <laughs> I'll tell you. If you look at the book, it's it's quite a large book. It's ample. And my typing skills, I had no typing skills. And so in my 60s, I tried to learn to type, and I acquired the uh, top speed of 14 words a minute, but uh, I couldn't keep that speed up forever. (laughs) And so with all the thousands of words in the book, you can see that it was a lot of work for me, and I... I can easily say that it took five or six years of of putting it together, and and then in the year two thousand, going ahead and having it um, published. That was after twelve years of channelings and and asking questions of the of the ascended masters and the archangels. Okay, twelve years. All right, that's a good number. So, Kathy, let me ask you. Uh, of all the channeling that you have done, is there one particular being that you um, identify with more than others? 
Well, it's actually interesting because, especially in the beginning, um, there would be one, and then at one point there was a shift to another one, and then later a shift to another one. And after a certain amount of time, it started to be that I was channeling mostly Ascended Masters. Um, right now, the one that I'm working with most is Metatron. Okay. Uh, I noticed, but, uh, I'd like to read a paragraph out of the book, and it's an excerpt from a reading by Cassie from St. Germain on March the 11th, 2001. The question okay. is, who will be helped by this book? Answer. This book was not written for a particular group. It is for all seekers. It is for light workers and star seeds and way showers, but also for those who are just waking up to the idea, to the awareness, the concept, that there is something far greater in life than the third dimensional experience. This volume addresses a large, inclusive, holistic description of the universal spiritual picture from almost the very beginning levels of understanding to the very high levels of awareness and growth on humankind's evolutionary spiral. It will bring different aspects to different individuals. The audience is large because it is not aimed at any specific area. Many will find much that is of value, and that's from St. Germain. Yes. You know, Saint Germain is one of the beings that holds the that is at the meetings at the Tetons twice a year, January one through seven and July one through seven. Do they does he ever talk about the meetings in the Tetons with you? Not specifically. For the most part, um when I when I do channelings it's because people are asking me questions and they he responds specifically to questions. Um, now I get a lot of information um, that just kind of floats in, but um, not not specifically. I know that he is very involved in the um, evolution of the planet, the ascension of the planet, and especially um, the Americas. Yes, the United States and and Canada and like that. Well, it's- he has talked about that. But, you know, it is my understanding that when the Declaration of Independence was finally being signed and there were two or three people that were kind of holding up the show but not wanting to sign, I understand that he manifested in the back of the room, gave an empowered speech. They all grabbed their pens and signed, and when they turned around to see who said that, he was gone. Had you heard that? I had not heard that particular story, but I am not the least bit surprised. So there's a lot of Saint Germain that has come through um, my energy field through the many years that I've been working, and so I was very uh, interested in in knowing your your uh, connection with him and how long that you have been in a, in alignment with him. So did this all start back in 1968, or did it come out in, in 1989? Well, as far as channeling was concerned, I didn't allow myself to open to channel until 1989. But in my meditations and my own um, intuition, intuitional guidance, I did um, have a connection to St. Germain early on. In fact, he, he probably was the first uh, ascended master and the one who's been the longest with me. Right. So, Sananda is, is give us another some personal ascend- experiences that you've had, maybe growing up as a child or things that, that our audience would be interested in. Uh, a lot of people that come on our show, uh, you know, share their stories about their ET experiences or angelic experiences because 
this is what people want to know about, and they want, they don't want to feel so alone. They like to hear other people's, you know, stories about what's happened to them. So if you would uh, relate to us, anything that comes to mind that you want to share with our audience? that you know, I, I totally understand that. The the thing of being alone is um, it's, it's a real issue as time goes by. Um, I would say that one of the most interesting things that happened to me was when I first started meditating in 1968, I guess I was really focused on it. I couldn't find any books on meditation, and I was getting really frustrated, so I was led to a book, a yoga book, on concentration. And I used that staring at a candle to get my mind to be quiet. And as soon as I did that, then everything started to get easy. I, I believe most everyone finds that trying to meditate, it's the chatter, it's the mind chatter that is the biggest issue. So within six weeks after I started meditating, and I was, I was very disciplined every morning before I went to work, every night before I started my evening, within six weeks my whole perspective on life had changed. And so my experience of life had changed. I was still working. Um, I still had a, an accounting job and doing all the normal things um, with my stepdaughters and such, but it the world was just different. It was completely different. And I do have to say that one of the interesting things that I found was that as my guides were kind of shifting, um, my second guide was actually an ET. And I, didn't, I knew it because I can see. Uh, clairvoyance is my strongest um, psychic ability. And I could see him, so I knew he was an ET. But the energy was so different from the angels, from St. Germain. Um, and it, it, it didn't evolve into as personal a contact. My first guide I fell in love with. I mean, he was my best buddy. I talked to him going to work. I talked to him coming home. I talked to him doing dishes. And then one day he disappeared and this new guide was there. And I was like, whoa, this is really different. <laughs> but um, he's the only one who's actually been um, what I would consider to be a quote-unquote E.T., so where was so, he from? Did he say was he Pleiadian, Arcturian, or Syrian, or where was he from? Arcturian. Arctur. Oh yeah. Now the Arcturians, they're very Spock-like. They're very unemotional. That was it. It was the unemotional Spock-like part. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I mean, you can have the best buddy and have a great time, and then and then Spock shows up, and then you don't know what to do, right? <laughs> exactly. It took me a. It took me a long time. In fact, I felt like I went through a grieving process when my first guide disappeared and um, the, the ET came in. But it worked out fine. I mean, we got, we got a really good relationship, but um, clearly different, clearly different. Well, that's because, Kathy, that, you know, we're emotionally based here on this planet with dualities right. and that we fu function through our emotional, mental states. And so... We like to be comfortable with what we receive. So when you have a guide that makes you comfortable, you know, you get into the groove, and then you have somebody like Spock that shows up, and there's no emotion. There's nothing that you can run through any of your filters in your brain because there's nothing to compare it to. Right, it's like exactly. cold and, and distant. <laughs> and, and at first you think, oh, my goodness, do I really want to have, have anything to do with this being because 
I did, exactly, and I was really concerned about that. I was like, what's wrong with you? I went through the same thing. Oh, did listen, you? One time when I went aboard ship and I had to meet a whole bunch of Octarians at once, I just wanted to come back immediately. I was just totally freaked out. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I'm glad like, to know that I, I was not that. alone in that. <laughs> <laughs> I get that a lot, yeah. It's just the shift from the personal right. to the impersonal. Yeah, real impersonal. <laughs> real impersonal. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. They don't even know what personal is. That's what that's what I came to know is like they they don't care how you how you feel about anything. Feeling is not they don't even know how to rate to feeling. You know, they can't they can't go there. Well, and that's I have, really hard I have for read because, and, and heard that um yeah. a lot of the reason that there are so many ETs around us right now as we're going through this process of ascension is because they want to see how we do this heart thing, this love thing. They're, it's it's not natural to them. That's right. That's right. And can you imagine how they're taking notes and turning around and, and teaching other people what they learned from you from Earth? Had you thought Absolutely. about that? A- absolutely. And I, I think that's wonderful. <laughs> I think they're <laughs> missing something by not having the heart thing. But then, you know, that's just me. Well, they don't – they're not – um, physically equipped to to manage a a heart vibration. Right, right. Now I understand. Yeah. So I, and I would say the, the book, one the one other thing that, about free will. Uh, give us yes. a little on on what you think free will is and how far has it taken you in your studies. You're asking Bill. Either one. Oh, of you. I'm sorry. Would you Would you repeat that, Lavendar? He He didn't catch that. Okay, free will. Uh, I, my understanding is that you've written a lot in the book about free will, and oh, yeah. just give us um, what you what you think about free will and how it how it uh, aligns to uh, spiritual and galactic work on the planet. The free will part. Sure. Uh, what we're really interested in is receiving divine information from the beings of light and love who live in the kingdom of God. Now, we we would think that an ascended master, an angel or an archangel, would have the ability to give us all the information needed uh, in a very straightforward and direct manner. But they are not allowed to do that because of the universal law of free will. This law requires that the person who is trying to communicate with them and trying to receive the information must ask a question. When we ask a question, that is of our own free will, and then they are permitted to answer that question in detail. And and so that's the greatest limiting factor of free will. They are not allowed to coerce us. And if they gave us the information without being asked, it would be like receiving a command from God or, you know, directions. And that would be coercion from their point of view, from their divine point of view. So 
So the big limiting factor of free will is that anyone who learns to channel must ask a question, and then they get the answer. Okay, that makes sense. Of all the different uh, beings that you've come in contact with, uh, Bill, through through Kathy, uh, which one of them do you identify with the most? I would say there's three or four or five main ones. Uh, The first one would be Sananda. Sananda is the soul name of the one that we call Jesus, the the human who ascended on earth. Um, the, the, the other one of an ascended master would be St. Germain. And then uh, Archangel Metatron, Archangel Gabriel, Archangel Michael, um, all of these uh, are still available you simply have to call them in and and ask for their help in some manner and they simply appear i would say within 10 seconds um i and i don't mean appear visually i'm not as strong clairvoyantly as catherine is uh but i just say they appear in my heart. In they, they make, appear making in your it available you for intuition. You get what they're, they're, they're in, in alignment to what you're asking about, or it's like oh, a. Oh yeah, uh, indeed. A yeah, if you ask a peculiar question, you? if you ask a peculiar question, you may get an an entirely new individual. In the in the middle of my book, there are five chapters on divine feminine energy, and there were that brought up two ascended master individuals, Thenus and Athenarius, and so for the duration of that uh, receiving the divine information material. Those two were like new <laughs> new entities to me. I'd never heard of them. I'd never seen anything written about them. And yet, uh, if you read that material, it's it's absolutely extraordinary. So I noticed that you have a lot written in here about Melchizedek and the uh, Melchizedek order. Uh, tell our audience what you know about the Melchizedek order. Actually, very little. I actually know very little. And you say there was a lot. There. There's a whole uh, chapter. Chapter 25. Oh, way back at the end. You forget about oh. writing that chapter? <laughs> In, yeah, the uh, spiritual tools yes. and and so on. But uh, actually, no, I haven't. I haven't been in contact with Melchizedek okay. for a very long time. I understand that Melchizedek order was up and running 
about 500 years before Jesus ever came to the planet. It was the Melchizedek order that planned all the bloodlines, all the positions of power, everything that was going to be needed for him to be on the on the planet. So the Melchizedek order was something that was uh, very instrumental in helping direct the pathway of of the Essenes and the Dead Sea Scrolls and uh, uh, all of those things that were written and put in the Qumran Caves. So, Kathy, I'd like to go to you now and ask you about uh, where you live now in Virginia. You have a 56-acre farm. Actually, that's where uh, we did live until 1999. We now live in Colorado. So, um, because you had had listed a question here for me to ask you about the 3D ways you were called upon to use your abilities on your farm. It was it was pretty entertaining for me, um, scary and entertaining. Um, shortly after I opened to um, channel, and that and that's another interesting little story. But shortly after I opened to channel, Bill was just like immediately, okay, great, I have all this, I have this wonderful source. I can get any information I want. It will be golden. It will be 100% accurate. And I was like not quite so sure, you know, well, because it was coming through me. But anyway, um, one day, one Saturday, I was cleaning house, and he came in from outside, and he yelled at me. I was upstairs. He yelled at me from downstairs and said, come into the living room and sit down. So I came downstairs, and he said, the tractor's not working, and I want you to tell me exactly what's wrong with it and how to fix it. <laughs> and now, I'm not a mechanic. Well, and, and if he's not a mechanic, I'm three times as much not a mechanic. So I went downstairs and I was like, okay. So I sat down in the chair and I tuned in and I had no idea what was going to happen. And I saw my guide standing in front of me and he reached his hand out to me. This actually happened to be the ET. He reached his hand out to me and I took it and he walked me through the engine and the um, the gas tank and everything. He walked me through the entire tractor and showed me that the brushes were bad in the generator. Who knew tractors had generators? And that there was um, there were chunks and and pieces of like um, junk in the gas tank. So I told Bill what he showed me, and Bill said, "Okay, fine," and he went out. And I I was like, what just happened? Because I had I mean I had no clue. And then there was one other time where we had planted a hundred fruit trees on our our farm in different locations, and we had six up near our house by the shed. And Bill wanted to know what to do to fertilize them because they didn't seem to be as strong and as healthy as the others. And so I sat down and he said, okay, now I want to know what mix of fertilizers and exactly what these trees need. And so I tuned into my guide and it came through. They told him exactly what to do. And those turned out to be the best six apple trees on the whole farm. So how long did you live on this farm? Oh, my goodness, from, I guess, 1984 to 1998. Oh, yeah. Long time. Time. So did you grow your own uh, vegetables and everything? We didn't actually do a lot of that. Um, we had the fruit trees, and Bill planted fields of bird food, fields of sunflowers, feed fields of everything that the birds would eat. 
And when we would go, we walked around our pasture every day. We had four dogs who couldn't wait for us to get home and take them for a walk around the pasture, even though they were fenced into three acres all day long. They had to get out of that and get in the pasture. And when we would walk around, a whole blanket of um, goldfinch would lift up off of the fields. It was so awesome. It was just incredible, an incredibly wonderful experience. So do, do you do you live on a farm now, or do you live in a city? Oh, we live in the city, and I miss that farm terribly. Yeah, so are you looking to get back to the land somewhere? Absolutely, absolutely. We would love to, and Bill would like to get back to some water. Yeah. It's very dry out here in Colorado. Yeah. Whereabouts in Colorado do you live? Colorado Springs. Red Springs, that's right. I knew that. Right, just south of Denver. Yeah. Yeah, we have a lot of star seeds in that area. Really? A lot of uh, a lot of star seeds connect with us from Colorado Springs, Denver. And, you know, I lived in Cripple Creek for seven years. That's where I had a lot of my high school experiences was in Cripple Creek. Have you been up to Cripple Creek? We've only been up there once. Yeah. Um, and it it was there were some really beautiful scenery up there, Re- on the especially on the way from from the springs to Cripple Creek. It was just awesomely beautiful. One of the things that I discovered by living there was that every known mineral in the whole world was in the crater that had been made there by a volcano. Ah. Every known mineral in the world was located there, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it's like a beacon. There's a, there's a beacon of energy that seems to happen from Cripple Creek it seems to go straight to Cairo, Egypt, and there seems to be some kind of, oh, I would say kind of a a, a signal. It kind of goes up in the air and then down. It's not straight. It, it isn't a straight line latitude type thing, but there's some kind of spiraling energy that goes from the Cripple Creek area all the way over to Cairo, Egypt. And I, I think can see it. As you're talking about it, I can see it. And that's one of the things that Belva and I both knew was happening, and that's why we moved there. Ah. That's why we worked there. That was our original reason. Of course, later it became became a lot of different things, but that was the first thing that that we discovered was from that mountain. The mountain was called Mount Pisgah. Yes. (laughs) And um, you could drive to the top of it. I don't know if you can still do that. And when we first got there, the mountain was for sale for $75,000. And I wish that we would have... We would You're have kidding. gotten the money together to buy it because, of course, you, you can't get it for 75000 now. <laughs> I, I doubt that it's even for sale anymore. Not for sale anymore, yeah. So tell us more about what you're doing now. Are you writing any more books? Are you lecturing? Uh, do you do sessions? Can people call you and have sessions with you? I do sessions. And, yes, I, I, I do sessions. Uh, right now I'm doing them three days a week. I cut back some. Um, and I do sessions with uh, basically they're like certified spiritual counseling sessions. There's a lot of psychic information involved, but the idea is to help people to move along the path of ascension and not get bogged down, not get overwhelmed. Um, so, yes, I do sessions. And, and Bill, you're still writing, right? Well, I haven't written for, I would say it's about a year. I have 
two books, complete books, uh, about the same size as Who Am I and Why Am I Here, uh, already written, manuscript form, typed, but they would need to be re-edited. One was so, on uh, so divine feminine energy. Is it about more channeling information? Is it more directed to star seeds, or is it directed to everyone? One, the first or the second book is all on divine feminine energy, and everything that in the five chapters in this first book is repeated in there. I was told to do that. And then there's more about divine feminine energy, the the nature of it, and the need for the planet to have more divine feminine energy. Um, well, the planet the, is, is feminine, so yes. I'm in total agreement about how the alignment with um, divine feminine and goddess energy are rising up now all over the planet. I'm I'm noticing that the women recently. Um, the ones that were passive and not wanting to really take a stand with anything, it looks like all over the planet women are rising up and and wanting their rights and being able to speak their truth, which they haven't been probably able to do before. So we're in some really big changing times uh, with with the divine feminine. More exactly. activations are happening and with women ones, than ever before, I notice. Don't you notice that? The women who were passive before... Um, needed a balance of the divine masculine, whereas mankind, I mean the males, have a need for divine feminine to balance them out. Right. And so that's what's that's what's going on. That's what's taking place. The ascended, the path to ascension requires a balance of divine feminine and divine masculine. And so what you are describing is are the effects of that incoming balancing. So do you plan on um, uh, getting oh. these new two books out? Do you, do you need financial help? Do you need editing help? How can the Starseed community help you get to get your new books out? Yeah, the the financial is the situation. I Oh gosh. I've written those two books. They're there. They just need a little sprucing up. And I've written 17 booklets, little shorter things uh where a particular aspect of um, the path to ascension is described in detail. You know, I really like little short booklets because people jump on airplanes and they can read a little short booklet by the time they land somewhere, then they have a new idea about something. And I do believe that when you're in an airplane up above the consciousness that you're able to understand more about what you're reading and the consciousness of high spiritual energies are swirling about in an airplane. That's the way I look at it anyway. Mm -hmm. So I I, I would encourage you to to focus on those little booklets and get them out to people because um, I think that would go really, really well. 
is your little booklets. Well, and one of the things that's true is that Bill has put an enormous amount of his writings out on our website. They're just there for people to read if they want to go out there and look at it. Okay. So what is your website? Give it to us again. Universalspiritualview.com. Good. Well, I see what time it is, and, and I need to um, to uh, ask Ariel if if she's available. Are I'm you here. there, Ariel? Yes, sir. yes, I am. Okay. So, uh, Bill and Kathy, would you be able to talk to some of our listeners if they call in and want to ask you some questions? We'll be glad to do that. Okay. Thank you so much, and thank you for being on our show. And we'll talk later. And back to you, Ariel. Thank you, Lavender. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Well, this has just been fascinating. And um, <clears throat> before I uh, open up the switchboard, um, are there any parameters that you want to – because people will call and ask personal questions. Um, and, you know, if you're not willing to, to do that, that's totally fine. But I just need to know. Uh, general no, questions? We're, we're willing to listen to the questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I don't think I don't think there's much that we wouldn't be willing to answer. No. Okay. In fact, I can't All think right. of anything offhand. Okay. Well, good. Good. So, um we have actually one caller who um called in before you did. She's been waiting all this time to uh, to talk to you. And um uh we're just going to go ahead and bring her on first and then I have some more um questions and comments for you myself, but um, well, let me ask going one to... question though. Should should we try to keep these answers short, or should we? I I I you know, people will start flow. asking questions, and sometimes they snowball into a lot of questions. Well, yeah. So we'll we'll just ask the callers um, to be considerate that there may be other people also waiting, and Good. Um, okay. you know we'll just let it flow. So right. we are going to talk. We are going to talk to Marilyn first. So um, let me get your mic open. Hi, Marilyn. You are on the air with Bill and Catherine. Go ahead and ask your question. Thank you, Ariel. Hello, Bill and Catherine. It's really a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you for all the work that you have done to pave the way. Catherine, you said something earlier um, about coaching people who are moving along the path to ascension or opening up to greater conscious awareness of um, ascension and spiritual growth. And I have been sort of straddling, um, you know, the world of maybe third dimension with work and jobs and family life. And then also really I feel like expanding and opening my heart up um, in a spiritual way. And I'm wondering sort of where I am on this path because it's getting a little confusing to me because when I – for instance, I'm looking for work right now, and when I go to job interviews, there's something that I'm just feeling is not there or I'm having a hard time connecting. And um, so <laughs> just any advice or um, awareness that you could bring to this would be helpful. Well, I can tell you that the energies um, between 2016 and 2017, the universal energies have changed, shifted dramatically. Um, and very many people, this is, 2017 is kind of noted to be the year of change 
for people. Um, okay. Releasing the old, moving forward into the new. I have many clients who are um, moving geographically. I have clients who are completely changing their work. Uh, they're not doing the same thing that they were doing before. And with some of them, it happened suddenly. With some of them, they just started phasing into um, the new work. Mostly, it's about the energies are releasing the old, clearing what blocks us from moving toward ascension. The 2017 energies are very powerful in nudging people, supporting people, sometimes even pushing people um, toward their ascension. And our souls are becoming much more dominant in our conscious awareness. Are you noticing okay. that in your life? Absolutely. I've always been a meditator. I've meditated for many years, and um, I cherish that connection with my inner being. But it's it's almost like I feel this tug, this pull, this, you know, sort of um, – uh, more consciously aware, greater awareness on a daily basis. Exactly. And yeah, is that is that okay? So that's kind of what this year is about. That's and, exactly um, what this year is about, and this year is also about um, owning our power, learning what mm-hmm. it's like to really feel the power that has always been ours, but now it's available to us to um, have a greater conscious awareness of it and to start using it in manifesting um, our life work, in manifesting our spiritual growth. Um, and and it, it's a lot about ascension, but it's also about building our 3D lives. Many people okay. are finding that the shift is in the 3D life as well. Okay. Is there a, um, a an ascended master or guide who could you might connect with who could offer me... Um, just a sense of where I am on this path, on this journey. Um, I'm trying to, yeah. Let me just tell you, um, because I because I get a lot of my information in pictures, clairvoyance is my strongest ability. Um, I'm seeing a picture of you approaching a, what I would call a portal. You could call it a doorway, but I think it's more like a portal. Um, okay. It, and there's a lot of light there. And one of the things that you have to understand as you are getting closer and closer to this portal is that it's extremely important to, and I, I, people don't necessarily like this word, but I call it surrender, to okay. allow. Surrender. We never surrender to anything external to us. We surrender to our right. souls, to our higher selves, right. to the God within us. And right. we allow that triumvirate to lead us forward, but it is a matter of surrendering because it's a matter of needing to come from the heart space. It's a matter of needing to come through intuition. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of kind of giving the mind a rest. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I do. most of I us do. are really good at making things happen. Right. Making things happen is the exact wrong way to go this year. Okay. Being in this world or not. It it's really yeah, Bill just mentioned to me it's it's a factor of being in this world and not of it. Yeah. Okay. We're still functioning in the three D. We're going to function in the three D and we'll function abundantly in the three D 
if we live in the moment, if we allow ourselves to be guided in everything that we do and don't second-guess our guidance. Okay. And of course, there's a lot more to that. I mean, I could talk to you for about, oh, a dozen hours <laughs> and not cover it all. Well, but is that helpful to you? Because you're very much approaching um, a portal in your life. And the most here's the most important thing for you to do. The most important thing for you to do is bring your angels and your guides full force into your life. And all you have to do to do that is invite them every day. Oh. It, it's the, the universal law of free will says they can't jump in and just do things for us that they see would be good for us unless they're invited. And then they can work for us with great power. Um, before I get out of bed in the morning, before my feet hit the floor, the first thing I do is say, come on, guys, let's do this day. You know, it's nothing <laughs> formal. It's not a ceremony. It's just an invitation. And then they know they're on board all day long. And you do kind of have to renew it every day. I'm not exactly sure why that's true, but you do. The most okay. powerful time to talk to your angels and guides is before you go to bed at night, before you get okay. into bed because you'll fall asleep in the middle of it usually if you go to bed first. But you talk to them then because when we sleep, our ego minds go out of the way and our souls really are in charge. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. That's a that's a beautiful and very accessible um, way of um, of understanding and getting clarity and moving forward. Thank you, Catherine. You I appreciate your blessings to you. Bill would like Thank to you. say something here. Go ahead. I would yeah. like to add that, in case you have doubts, everyone born on Earth, any everyone who is incarnated, has at least one higher guide. That is a an individual soul who is at a higher level of consciousness than we are. Right. Um, and that's when you move along the path, that is why the guides change. As you grow higher, then you have to have a new higher guide who is higher than that all, all along the path. And... Everyone also has one guardian angel or more. And so that's just to take care of any any doubts that you have. That is an absolute truth for every individual incarnated on earth. And it's very Thanks. important to know that they are resources that are, it's just an absolute shame to waste it. <laughs> that's so comforting. Thank you for that. That beautiful, beautiful wisdom, and um, it makes me feel recognized and connected. So, thank you. Many blessings to you. Thank you. Blessings to you as well. Okay. Well, thank you so much for calling, Marilyn. You're welcome. Um, okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. Um, well, we have. Another caller, I think, I think it says Debbie. Um, my, my screen shrunk somehow. So um, <laughs> Mercury retrograde. <laughs> yeah, right. Hello. So, is this Debbie? Yes, it is. Thank you. 
Okay, good. Yeah, I couldn't see the D. On the, I was like, well, I hope it's Debbie and not, you know, Libby or something. But you are on the air with Bill and Catherine, so go ahead with your question. Yes, hi. Thank you. Um, I am um, kind of like the lady before, um, I guess a little stuck or lost, but um, I, I've i always been told I'm like a healer type, but I was always kind of, I'm always broke, even though I love it. But um, I never did it professionally, just for friends, families, animals, anybody I could help. But now I'm working like a regular job. It's in sales. And I'm wondering if this is wrong for me because I'm paying my bills. I'm not as desperate, but I still love that other Thing, that discovering and helping and finding new ways and things like that. So it feels like a sellout in a way. I don't see the energy of selling out around you. Okay. Uh, my sense is I have two major cornerstones to my philosophy of life, and that is everything is in divine order and everything is in divine right timing. Okay. And I believe that. A thousand percent. My sense is that what you're doing now is going to give you a, a little bit of a sense of peace, a little bit of a sense of stability, and mm-hmm. now is the time as much as possible for you to be working with your angels and guides to open new pathways for you. Okay. You're going to find, if you start asking your angels and guides to help you and to Here's something that I never fail to do when I talk to my angels and guides. I want clarity. Yeah. Clarity. As much understanding as I can possibly have. And they will bring it to you. You're going to find that they're going to bring you to some understanding of some issues that you have around being completely comfortable and completely free to move into your healing work, which I believe that you will within the next few years, but it's going to make you understand that you have some reasons, some things you need to release, some fears, um, some past life experiences that you need to release in order to be able to fully flow into this. Okay. It took me Hmm. 20 years to allow myself to open to channeling, and that wasn't because they weren't pushing me. It wasn't because they weren't trying to get me, you know, in meditation and talking to me when I was driving or doing dishes to get me to open. It was because I was afraid. And basically, at one point, after a few years of them bugging me, I said, look, knock it off. I'm not doing it. Forget it. Mm-hmm. And so then some things happened in my life, you know, and, and, and say 17 years later, I I opened up and allowed myself to open the channel. And when I did, I was like, so why was I afraid? What was the big deal? <laughs> <laughs> but ask your angels and guides for clarity. Never fail to ask for clarity. They will help you so much. Okay. Yeah, I've been, I've been very lost about, you know, I enjoy what I'm doing, but I still sleep with all these books and and things and I can't. You know, they say do what you love. I just, I think it's fascinating and, and ascension as well. I love 
ascension, but there's not very many people around me that are maybe one or two, but oh not many people to talk to about that. I'm in there Louisiana. There are no people around you <laughs> who are. And yeah. The difficulty that we have with that in the spiritual terms today, that is called the crucifixion, where you realize that what you have going on inside is not appreciated by the vast lower consciousness in the physical world. Mm -hmm. And so you are, in essence, punished by not being able to talk with anybody about it. And mm. and so that that's the crucifixion. All the more reason, mm. though, to talk to your angels and guides. Really and yeah. truly. And the truth of the matter is that mass consciousness is waking up. There are small signs here and there that mass consciousness is waking up, and I believe that wave of energy of that awakening is getting stronger and stronger and into 2018 and through 2018, this will be a different world in terms of how many are starting to wake up and how many need your support in terms of healing, how many need your support in terms of guidance, in terms of helping them to know that feeling stuck is normal. It's it's part of the path. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? There's a yeah, there's a few I say something, you know, oh, and they, they seem like they get that. So then I kind of like, I'm a can, and I just open up, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this and this. And then I realize, okay, I was only supposed to say that one thing. Not yeah, all yeah, stuff. because you you're, you really so get stuck. triggered, and it feels so good, and you start to flow, and then you happen to notice that their eyes have glazed over. Yes, okay, <laughs> now she's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. it. And um, the job that I'm at, they, I don't know, like, they were like, oh, you're going to get a promotion. And then I'm like, oh, wow, I'm getting more immersed into that world. That's why. Don't worry about like, that. Your soul isn't going to let that happen. Okay. Your soul will okay. not let that happen, believe me. And especially okay. if you keep yourself active, working with your angels and your guides and reading material that's uplifting and being with as many people as you can who you can say one or two things to. okay i just felt like i would get it before now because i'm 54 and you're just like geez i still don't know you know that's oh oh, believe me working on this since 1968 believe me i know what the feeling of i think i should have it by now is like exactly well okay don't 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 lose faith Okay. You're, you are going to get it, and you will be doing healing work, and you will not um, get lost in the world of 3D sales work, believe me. Um, do you think I'll charge for it? Will I just give it by, like, how I, you know, like, if I know something now, I just give it? It will support you. Mm, it will okay. support you. But you have to do some work around being comfortable having it support you. Because many of us, yeah. I, was, well, I was really bad about it in the beginning too, feel like if we have a gift, we should just give it. This is right. not a gift, my dear. You have worked lifetimes to be where you are. Okay. Wow. You have okay. earned it. Oh, wow. Okay. 
Okay. I, I am close to the angels, though, and they'll use electronic devices to get me a message or um, good. just a weird, like I've had a text message from an angel before, and I'm just like, wow. That is um, cool. Smells <laughs> like, uh, I think probably I'm like, okay, there's too much for me right now, you know. I will uh, step back a little bit. <laughs> it's it's probably... really important. One of the, the things that we're building right now on the path to ascension is faith and trust. I call it strengthening our muscles of faith and trust. The more okay. we use them, the more we choose to have faith and trust, the stronger we get in it. And we have to do that. Okay. We have to believe in miracles before miracles will show up for us. Okay. Well, I do believe that. I really do. I know you do. I can see that. Mm -hmm. That's good. I wish I had someone around with, you know, like around me that, you know, we could be like, oh, wow, this happened, you know. I mean, there's a few, but, yeah. I hear you. I wish the same thing. I don't have it either. Believe me. Okay. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Many blessings. Bye. Thanks for calling, Debbie. Bye-bye. Thank you. I was uh, reminded um, of a a line from Star Trek (laughs) that says, the higher, the fewer. So true. Yeah. But, um, you know, um, for for Debbie's sake, there are a lot of places um, where starseeds gather. There's starseed meetups. Uh, We have our starseed forum. They are out there, and they're wondering where you are as well, because it's almost, you know, like being in the closet. Um, and certainly, uh, as far as what you said about the, um, if you have a gift, you know, a lot of people think, well, then you ought to just give it away. And um, I think that there has to be an exchange. As um, absolutely. Can, can, there has to be some kind of an exchange um, so that you're not karmically tied to that person because of um, a debt. That's a very important f- point. There, yeah. there is another aspect to that, too, and that is um, when we receive something as a gift, we often don't give it the value that it really has. If That's it's true. free, it doesn't mean as much to us. Right. Yeah. So yeah, and that's kind of an unconscious an thing. I mean, people do appreciate yeah. gifts, but but it does come into play. It does. It does. It's 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 human. It's human nature. So, <laughs> yes, um, it is. <laughs> but the truth is, what what um, you and and Lavendar and Tammy and Anastasia and it what you all do is so wonderful because it does give people a place to gather. It's just that it's not. You can't just walk out and talk to your next door neighbor. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's not quite that much of a community yet. No. And I no, think not people everyone's are looking for that. But right. you know, there are millions of star seeds, and we see you know pockets uh, uh, where it seems to be, well, like Colorado, a lot of star seeds. You know, because they. They contact us to have readings and, you know, starseed confirmations, you know, California, Oregon, Washington. The western states seem to be a little bit more progressive. Um, and I was thinking about this the other day. And when you think about going all the way back to Europe 
and the people that left Europe to come to the New World for a better life. That was a certain personality of striving. And then, you know, when they got here, then they hear about, you know, going west and going west. So of the people that stayed on the East Coast, there are some people that continued all the way to the West Coast. And these were the these were the true grit, <laughs> you know, That's the true it. Grit people That's the truth. who really, really wanted a better life, and they were much more uh, maybe courageous than the people who stayed in Europe or whatever. But now, look at all the generations since then. That gets passed down. So, I mean, I was thinking about, you know, when I'm doing the dishes, it's kind of what I think about. And so there are um, descendants of these really tough people who – who survived. And I mean, think about crossing the country in covered wagons with no air conditioning and no bathrooms and very little food. What it took that, I mean, the, the, the courage and fortitude. So these are, you know, the whole like Western half of the, of the country are the, for the most part, are descendants of these people. So it's like, yeah, well, no wonder they're a little bit more progressive. And um, that's a you know, very good point. You know, then like in New England, where people are much more staid, you know, and I'm making broad generalities. I mean, there's plenty of star oh, seeds in New England, no doubt. But I'm just, I was just looking at the, the bloodlines of, of these people who are the, in kind of the, on a, on a leading edge, and, uh, and certainly the star seeds among them. Um, but let me, we have a, another caller about to come out of the screening room, but let me just take a minute and say to the people, if you're already on the switchboard, then you'll need to press 1 so that we know you want to come on the air if you have a question for Bill and Catherine. And if you're not, if you're listening on the computer, then you need to pick up the phone and dial 917-889-8292, and then once you're in, press 1. So um, and we got another two more callers. So um, let's see, Katarina is oh, – oh, she's not out of the screening room yet, but she'll be the first one up. Okay. Um, yeah, we just uh, – we like to make sure that they have a, a good question or, or a on-topic question. <laughs> anyway, if they call up and, and ask for what's wrong with my tractor, we might not go there. <laughs> Sure, I totally understand that. I do. And and I have to tell you that I have a great appreciation for the work that you are doing. Well, it I I'm I feel blessed and and very honored to to be there and and it's because of Lavendar, the work that she did and what she went through um um uh, helping to facilitate getting that knowledge out um is a privilege for me. So Oh, I understand um, okay, that. And go ahead. I was just going to say, Katerina is out of the screening room now. So you want Good. to finish your sentence, or you want to pick no, up the call? No, that's fine. Go ahead. Okay. So we are going to talk to Katerina. Hello, Katerina. Yeah. Hello. Thank you for calling. Yes. Yes. Hello. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Um, yeah, I was just uh, really decided the last minute. You were mentioning like people who moved from Europe to uh, North America, which was me 15 years ago. So at that <laughs> point, I just <laughs> at that point I just decided to call. Yeah, I think I I can relate to the last two two callers, and I've been on the path for. I, I would say active uh, path, path at least the last 15 years, 
And I got to the point that um, I really don't know which way <laughs> to go and how to manifest life that I desire. Um, I've been working as a dentist back in Europe and I was trying to get my license. It's not going the way as I desire. And uh, I do believe that there is some, probably my soul has a uh, different path for me. I'm not sure yet. So um, I uh, really just surrendered. You know, I realized that uh, self-acceptance is the the only way we can um, really connect to ourselves and um, just accept our imperfections to move on. Um, I went through a lot of guilt and shame and, and, and not good enough, and uh, I just feel like uh, I I give up. And it's not that I gave up on my dreams. I just felt like, and that's it, and you have to be guided. But I still would like to ask that um, I got into conclusion, is it uh, what creates really our reality? I feel like our beliefs, is what we manifesting in our out world, and why is it that so many uh, desire something consciously, but uh, are not able to manifest in a three life? So sometimes I am asking myself, uh, what is running the show? <laughs> That's actually a very good way to phrase it. It's it is what is running the show or who is running the show. If we are truly yes. <laughs> surrendered to our souls, to our higher selves, to the God within us, and we're working with our angels and guides, then we are going to find that we're looking for harmony. And life, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one of the things that comes through my um, sessions very often is people ask how they're doing, and the answer is, if you're struggling, you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. not supposed to be a struggle. We're supposed to surrender. Um, are you familiar with the Abraham work? Uh, yes, I am. Yeah, maybe 10 years ago I, I read their books, yes. Okay, and I one of the things that he lately. talks about is you put your canoe in the water and you paddle upstream like crazy because the culture tells you that you have to work really, 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 really hard to achieve anything. Mm-hmm. And he says you want to put your canoe in the water and let it float downstream. There's nothing upstream that we really want. And I think we have to come to the realization that, (laughs) excuse me, (coughs) we have to come to the realization that it's not about hard work. It's about relaxing. It's about trusting and having faith and surrendering and letting go. But only to the highest parts of our own being. What happens is that our ego minds slip in there and they're very clever and they're very disguised often and we don't realize that they're running the show. Yes, I do. I do. I just um sometimes I feel like um it is our beliefs that we are getting from past incarnations. Sometimes it seems to me that only a very uh, short portion of like 10% of our um, um, current life is um, that has impact on our lives. It seems, and I, I, I would like to find the way uh, when I become observer and I realize that it is coming from the past, how, how can I transmute that? How can I that? Because 
I feel like uh, I can lately recognize that if it is uh, from conscious uh, collective consciousness or if it is from uh, from my um, past life. But I can I'm not I'm quite sorry. sure. How can I how how can I help myself? <laughs> Well, again, I go back to asking my angels and guides to make me aware immediately if my ego mind is in charge, if I'm thinking a negative thing, if I'm feeling a fear of some kind. And then it's a matter of recognizing, owning our power. We're God. As a teaspoon of ocean is ocean, we are God, each one of us. And we have the full power to create our lives as the gods that we are. Does that make sense to you? Yes, it does. It does. <laughs> and so we have to own it. it does. We yeah, give it away. We true. give our power away in a thousand different ways all day long. We have to yeah, own it. We have to know that whatever we dream our hearts, it's, it's our souls talking to us through our hearts. Whatever we dream and we desire is, is really a message from God that we deserve it. It's what we came into this lifetime to have. We deserve it, and the universe will supply it as long as we can believe that. The bottom line determining factor of whatever anyone has in his or her life is what they believe. Yeah. If you if you want really wonderful things, but you don't believe that you deserve it, or you don't believe that you can manifest it, um, it'll never show up. So yeah, belief systems are very important to work with. And something that came through for me way back in the early 1970s, the greatest tool. The greatest tool that any one of us has is choice. We always have choice. We can choose what we believe. We can choose what we think. We choose what we focus on. And the truth of the matter is we're choosing it anyway, whether we are consciously aware of it or not. Yeah, and that's, so where, that's where our power comes into play, when we exercise choice. Mm-hmm. Does that help? Yeah. Yeah, it, it I believe you're being that. strongly guided. I, I will tell you this. I'm seeing two very powerful energies with you. They're both male. They're they're very large. I'd say, you know, seven feet, eight feet tall. Um, and they are definitely guides who have been with you through many lifetimes. And they want to become more active, more upfront in your awareness now. So surrender to that. When you get ready to go to bed at night, ask them. Bring you dreams. Bring you an awareness of what they're trying to offer to you. Because I think that one of the reasons they're so big is that they're offering you the opportunity to be aware of the strength that you have that you are not fully owning at this point. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I feel so. That, that, open uh, to it. Invite I, it in. Thank you so much. Yes, I will. Yeah, I guess that is still some fear factor. Or of course, or it is. Like you stress, understand what fear is, though. Fear is false uh, evidence appearing real. 
false mm-hmm. evidence appearing real is fear. Mm-hmm. Fear is never real. It's it's never the truth. Yeah, even if I say, many times I feel okay, it's uh, I already mastered that. I <laughs> already handled that, and it always uh, somehow comes up from deeper layers. <laughs> Well, one of the things that's happening very much in 2017 is that things that we have handled and handled extremely well, the last Mm -hmm. little pieces of those are showing up now. Mm -hmm. The last little pieces are coming up and saying, okay, you didn't quite take care of everything. Get get your broom back out, do a little more sweeping, and then you'll have it done. You've handled enormous fears in your lifetime. You just have little... You know, like snippets of them left over. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so <laughs> that's much. The, that's the energy for... that I'm seeing for you. Thank you so much. I appreciate uh, your guidance. Thank you. You bet. You're more than welcome. And yeah, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you so much for calling in, Katarina. Yeah, thank, thank you, Ariel. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Well, we have uh, we have one more um, caller with a question, so okay. uh, we will we will talk to Susan. And this this may be the last caller that we can take because um, I had a couple of things that I wanted to ask you as well. Certainly. So we will we'll talk to Susan here in just a second. Hi, Susan, you're on the air with Catherine and Bill. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Bill. Hey. How are you guys tonight? We're doing great. Thank you very much. How are you? Doing good. So, um, you know, I know how wise and wonderful you both are. So I, my question would be to both of you, there are a lot of people out there in the world right now feeling lost and dealing with all the negative stuff going on on the radio and politics and whatever. What did, What piece of advice can you guys give us, three or four things, to help everybody listen, that that would help the each of us and the world and the universe move forward from where we are now. Well, one one thing is to release all attachments to what is going on in the three and four D world. <laughs> Don't worry about having a president that is different all of the 3 and 4D world the physical world is is like they are diminishing themselves they are destroying themselves the idea is to let them let them continue doing whatever they want to do, but for you yourself, you be in this world, but not of it. Don't be attached by fears or or anything about all the the negative (coughs) stuff that's going on. Let it go and let it take care of itself. And at the same time, tune into your angels and your guides. Follow the spiritual path, 
and raise yourself up into a different level of consciousness, become a divine human and ascend and regain all the power that your soul has always had as you harmonize your your physical body, as you harmonize your personality with your divine eternal soul, which is attached to you at your heart space. That would be one thing. Oh. <laughs> okay. And don't forget, each one of us, and I know that you know this, Susan, each one of us lives <laughs> in our own personal holographic universe. We're gods in our own personal holographic universe. We don't have to allow anything in there that we don't want to. But the way to stop it, and I know it's very hard because it can be addictive, is simply don't watch the news, don't listen to the news, don't read the news on the Internet. Just don't allow it to be a part of your conscious awareness. Um, It's something that Bill has tried desperately to help me with because I'm a little addicted to reading the news on the Internet. I don't watch it on TV, and I don't read the newspapers or anything like that. But I'm a little addicted to when I tune in to do my email. I, I scroll through the latest news that's showing up, and I will tell you honestly, I have, I've been able to see a dramatic difference. If I don't do that, my dreams and my dream state and how effective and productive my sleep is as opposed to when I do do that. Does that make sense? Okay. It does make sense. So it's kind of like um, it's kind of like basically saying, okay, so to me personally, those things are poison. I'm too sensitive to them; they're poison to me. They mm-hmm. wreck my focus of true attention and where I want my attention to be placed. Does that help? It does. The other thing and- is owning your power. You know, the big thing is knowing that you live in your own holographic universe where you are God and everything in that universe is as you choose it to be. If you want it to be spring 24-7, it's spring 24-7. And I know that sounds ridiculous and it sounds like magic, but I will tell you from my own experience only recently in the last few months that that's absolute gospel truth. Nothing can come in that we don't allow. Nothing. And everything that shows up is in divine order or divine right timing to help us to grow. Our souls, when we allow them to be in charge, are constantly orchestrating our growth. They don't give a rip about anything else. Our personal, individual growth, that's what they're orchestrating. Good. Is there anything we can do to assist the us moving forward on a higher, you know, a mass level. Well, I'll tell you something that um, has just actually shown up for me uh, recently. I I do um, affirmations and commands and decrees every morning um, along with my meditation. But something that has come up is to bring in the feminine aspect of doing commands and decrees, and actually, it's Bill who um, brought this to my attention. Do you want to tell her about it, Bill? No. Um, it's, it's a matter of, of using the phrasing, I imagine 
I believe, I pretend, I see, I feel, I experience, like from a child's perspective, and then stating what you want to be the truth in your life. And I, I'm telling you, Susan, after you start doing this for maybe five days or something like that, I get out of bed every morning after doing that feeling like the world is my oyster. And that's very recent for me. Well, that sounds wonderful. It works. I will, defi- I will definitely try that. Good. I'm so glad. I want your world to be like that, too. <laughs> Thanks. You're more than welcome. Big hugs and many blessings to you. Okay, thanks. You're welcome. Thanks for calling, Susan. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, you um <clears throat> you kind of just answered the the questions that I had written down here while you were while you were talking about, you know, claiming your power because everybody on uh, the star seeds that we work with it's you know how do i how do i tap into my power and it's uh, it's almost so simple that people don't see it and it's your power exists in every choice you make that's it that's it you know and it it is and, too simple that's the problem right right you know so if you choose to to um to give away some of your power so be it but just know that you've given it away and if you do that often enough then you're kind of, um, you know, stripped clean. But you can always call it back. It's always yours. Yeah, I mean, situations, you know, you give away power so that you can have the car that you want or the person in your life or this or that. But when it gets to the point where you, you realize that that's not what I wanted, you can call your power back. It's just, you know, it's just been scattered. It's just, you know, you've got to clean up your room and put all your stuff back in the drawer. So you can always do that. Um, Right. Exactly true. But that's one of the the things that I always ask my angels. Make me aware when I'm giving my power away. Make me aware instantly when I'm giving my power away because it's so easy to do it without even knowing it. Right. Right. You know, and a lot of people think that they're they're being a good person or a nice person Uh because they're going to go, you know, and that's just... That's part of the um, organized religion um, misdirection. Indeed, yeah. You know, so, <laughs> so yeah, we're not we're here to uplift, but not to give ourselves, you know, to, to deplete ourselves. So we actually had one more caller that wants to try to squeeze in. She just has a quick question, so um, we're going to we're going to um, do this for Jennifer. So let me get the mic open here. Hi, Jennifer. You are on the air Hi. with Catherine and Bill. Hi. Thanks. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I, my question's in regards to the channeling. I know that you said earlier that the different beings have different energetic levels. I'm just wondering if there's a t- technique that you use to step out of the way. Um, do you allow them to take over? Like I was thinking about Edgar Cayce and his dead trance type of thing. Is that the kind of trance that you can experience at times? I do not. I do not. I am not un- an unconscious channel, and he was. Um, I am a conscious channel, and I experience the energies of my guides coming in, often in different places. Like I'll feel their energy in my heart 
or on the right side of my head or the back of my head or the left side of my head. Um, and and they do speak through me in the sense that what what they want to say comes through my mouth. Let's put it that way. But I am always aware. I am always consciously aware of everything that's coming through. If you're interested in opening to channel, I have to tell you that there is a fantastic book written a very long time ago that actually got me into the space of opening to channel. <coughs> and it's, I'm, I'm sorry, I do have a lot of allergies going on here. Um, it's called Opening to Channel, Connecting with Your Higher Guide by Sanea. S-A-N-A-Y-A, Roman, R-O-M-A-N. Oh, I do have a book by her. It's got a mandala on the front. Yes. Mm -hmm. Opening to Channel. I I bought three books um, on Opening to Channel, and hers was the one that that I resonated with, and it was the one that got me through my fears and allowed me to open to my first guide. It has very gentle exercises in there, and it it answers a lot of our questions, a lot of our fears. Do you find that sometimes they come through and they don't necessarily need to speak, that it's just a feeling that you get? Oh, sure. That's the way it is with me. Okay, and do do you have techniques for stepping out of the way as well? I'm sorry. Do you have techniques for stepping out of the way as well? Oh, I have never. I I just don't even have the experience of thinking that my higher guides were in control or should be in control. And and so I actually, I don't know how to answer that question. I've never, I, I just have never had the experience of, um, of being concerned about not being in control of myself. So it's more like a joint effort between you and your guides. It absolutely is, and and that's why um, we talk on uh, and someplace on the back of the book about it being a co-creative effort with spirit. Writing the book, Bill does a lot of his. He gets his information and he writes it down, whereas I get it and I speak it, which is much faster. <laughs> <laughs> and legible. <laughs> I'm offended. Calling <laughs> uh, you a doctor, that's a compliment. <laughs> but but the oh, okay, truth of you. it is if 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 you have some issues about stepping aside, I really do recommend that book. Because I had okay. some fear I had so much fear that I made them wait 20 years before I was willing to do what they were trying to get me to do. And, of course, they didn't really care a lot because they don't have time on the other side. We just have time Mm -hmm. in the 3D. But I made them wait 20 years because I was too afraid. 
and too afraid because of things that had happened to me in past lives because I did allow that to happen. I went to a hypnosis person to lose weight, and I didn't lose any weight at all. However, I found that I was able to go into trance a lot easier after I absolutely did that series of hypnosis, and I slept better at night. So, you know, if nothing it's because else... because you, you had the experience of letting go and being safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I would suggest that that's a good idea if someone's having trouble getting into trance. That could so. be helpful as well. Yes, it can. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you very much. This is a great show. Oh, you're very welcome. We're very glad you listened. Thanks. Cool. Thanks for Many calling, Many blessings to you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. So um, <clears throat> that that was the last call, and, uh, the last caller with a question that we can take tonight. Okay. And, um, Good. <clears throat> I just want to spend <laughs> just want to spend a few minutes um, kind of wrapping up here. First of all, <clears throat> to repeat your, <clears throat> we got some allergies down here too. <clears throat> That's uh, their website, which is universalspiritualview.com, and the book "Who Am I and Why Am I Here." the universal spiritual view of the meaning and purpose of our human life on earth. This book is available on your website as well as... It's available as, uh, through con- Amazon. And through Amazon? Okay. Yes. Yes, it's available um, through Amazon. Excellent. And you you do sessions? Um, Bill, do you do sessions? No, I do not. Okay. Just getting I the I do just talk the to facts. people who who have questions, but I've never got down. Well, number one, I'm 86, and I'm a bit hard of hearing. Even with my hearing aids, there's a conflict between the telephone electronics and my hearing aid electronics, so I don't do as well on the phone. Mm-hmm. But uh, Okay. Well, that's fine. But I do sessions, and and there's a whole page, um, web page on my sessions on the website. Excellent. Excellent. So um, I just want to thank you both for the work that you do, for the clarity that you have brought, um, not only to through your books and your work, but to this um, radio show as well. Um, and I, I just, I'm so in agreement with everything that you've said. It's it's kind of like we're tapped into um, a, a similar uh, frequency, and a lot of star seeds are on that that kind of frequency where they see the um, you know the pitfalls of the third dimension, and they don't you know they don't fall into them um, as readily as as we used to. Um, and for the, for the star seeds listening, always remember to ask. If you want help from above, you have to ask. You have to invite them. Um, and could you just give me just a, a little quick um, bit of advice on people? Because I have this this kind of a, um, a scenario where someone is just hearing about this for the first time, and they're going to go do it. You have to do some some. You know, protection things so because you just don't go say okay somebody talk to me because there's no telling who could come in <laughs> so how do you qualify when you are asking that's absolutely for, true 
Um, when you're asking for guidance, how do you qualify who can um, step forward? The most important thing is to make certain that you are I, – I like breathing exercises to get me into a meditative state, to get me relaxed. Mm-hmm. I breathe in pure source or I breathe in God force energy and I breathe out all energy that does not serve me or is not mine and get myself into a very quiet space. And then there's always a bubble of golden light around me. I put four archangels around me, Archangel Raphael to the right, Gabriel to the left, Ariel behind me, and Michael in front of me. And then sometimes if I if I feel like I want some extra protection, I, I do warrior guide angels around me, and sometimes I call on a platoon of angels to be with me. But I never do any of these things without some kind of protection. Okay, I, very, just, I just wanted to make that clear. I'm glad for, you for brought people. that up, Ariel. It's so important. Yeah, because, I mean, um, you know, we, we have a joke with, when it's almost like, you could be channeling the Easter Bunny, and how would you know? You know, because exactly. people think that they, you know, so you have to, um, you, you really have to approach this with, uh, with seriousness and also with conditions that, you know, yes. astral, beings, astral beings are not welcome. That's exactly right. Um, you are yeah. in charge. Always That's you're right. in charge. Yeah, and and if if um, I'm just kind of making a hypothetical situation, but if a let's say a discorporate entity, regardless of what dimension they're from, were giving you guidance that makes you feel kind of sick to your stomach, then it, it's not for you. Would you agree with that? Oh, that's absolutely right. If you have a, a negative physical reaction or a negative emotional reaction, that's absolutely true. And if a god shows up, um, if you ask. Are you of the Christ energy? And now I'm not talking about Christianity. I'm talking about that level of Christ energy. They have to tell you the truth. And if they're not, I send them on their way. Right. Well, you know, I I just had a, a client um, not too long ago who had discovered that, you know, she was able to do all of this. And, and just like, you know, um, Whoopi Goldberg in the movie Ghost, all of oh, these yeah. astral like started showing up and and pretending to be angels, um, and I said you have to ask three times in a row, are you of the yes. light? Which is essentially what you're saying. And That's if they're exactly not, right. I mean, you know, they could say yes, yes, no. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Third and you the send charm. them on their way, and they are not yeah. allowed to stay. They are not allowed to invade your your space if you um, command that they leave. Right, right. So and they won't. We have. They will leave if you command it. Yes, they they will not invade your space. They will go away. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad that we're we're talking about this because we have a lot of very advanced listeners, but we get new listeners all the time and people who are just starting to wake up, and they're so hungry uh, that they'll they'll kind of believe you know anything that's that's wrapped up with a nice bow so you have to be very discerning because you know when you start opening up to higher levels um you know there are going to be um you just have to protect yourself and make sure that you're dealing with the highest beings of light 
especially when we begin to open up, we we show up as bright lights, and astral beings are drawn to those bright lights. Right, they and want they are that light. They want that energy. Right. So we have to. I'm so uh, grateful to you for bringing yeah. this up. It's so critically important. Well, it's it's something that comes up in in my work as you know people, you know, discover that they have something you know that uh, an ability, and and they just kind of go too far with it, and they can get into a little bit of, you know, uncomfortable situation because of absolutely just not knowing, just not knowing. So exactly. I'm glad that we've addressed this. Yeah. Oh, I am so glad well, we addressed it. Thank you. Yeah. So we are out of time for this evening, but um, we have just enjoyed you so much. You know, I always say that when the time flies by, it's the mark of good guests, and it certainly has <laughs> flown by tonight. So we thank you so well, much for spending your time with us. Well, we're honored and very appreciative. So, and we look forward to, you know, uh, Bill, when you get those little booklets ready to go let us know and we can bring you back on and let everyone know where they can get them so um all right we'll be a, we'll be a resource for you um and we we do have a global audience so it'll get out there okay thank you so Great. much yes thank you you are so welcome big hugs and much love to both of you and thank you so much for being with us once again it is universalspiritualview.com where you can connect with bill and Catherine. And thank you for the opportunity. Oh, it's thank it's you. our pleasure. Absolutely our pleasure pleasure to um to meet more family members. So with that, uh we thank you so much for being here and we'd like to thank all the listeners for being with us this evening. Absolutely. We will, we will be back next week with another great guest. And until then, remember to count your blessings every day. Until next week, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. 